Turn with me to that uh, scripture in Malachi chapter uh, 3, <clears throat> verse 10, and uh, we'll continue our study this morning about uh, God's uh, special promise for blessing. The verse uh, is very clear, very straightforward. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. Amen. Is that a promise? Is that specific? Is that clear? Does that encourage your heart to give to the Lord? How many of you have discovered by now that it's a wonderful part of the Christian life to be faithful in our giving. How many of you have also found out that you can't outgive God? However much you give to Him, His blessing is always greater. And it's about what's in our heart, our attitude, our love for Him, our devotion, our worship in that act of giving that's so very important. You know, when I was just starting out in ministry, I was a youth minister in a little church in Merced, California. How many of you know where Merced, California is? A little farm community out there, and I was given the Sunday evening service and just a handful of people. And I'll never forget this poor farmer and his family that came to church that night. And after the service, he said, Pastor, can I have a word with you? And I said, yes, and I was concerned for him because obviously, you know, the, the, the poverty that they were living, as you could tell by their, their clothes and <clears throat> just their needy look. Well, anyway, he handed me a fistful of cash and he says, this is for the Lord's work. And I looked at that and I thought, oh, this man and his family need this more than the church needs it. So I tried to give it back to him, and I said, here, please take this back. God wants to bless you. He said, no, no, no. He said, do not deprive me of my blessing in giving. That was a rebuke to a young preacher from the Holy Spirit, realizing that he had come prepared to give to the Lord, knowing that God had a blessing in his life that was greater than the gift he had to give. Well, I stand corrected. I stand corrected. As we seek to obey the Lord in our giving, honor the Lord, that's something very special and sacred that happens in our relationship with God. How many of you have learned by now that uh, when you give your gift, it's your gift to give. No one can give it for you it's about your obedience and only your obedience. And you realize this is something special that I can do for the Lord. <clears throat> something I can do in responding to His love that will honor Him. Now, I don't often talk about money, right? And someone asked me, well, is the church in financial need now because you started preaching about tithing? Well, it's interesting. We just had our, our a meeting with our council and our leaders as we, we, we try 
at the beginning of the fall to look at the year and see where we are and make sure that we're exercising good stewardship and that all the needs are being met. And the truth is our church is in good shape financially because of the faithful giving of the members of this church. And I can say also the good stewardship of our leaders. I'm so grateful for ministry leaders that see the responsibility of stewardship for the whole body. And so no, we're not asking for money because the church is in need. I'm responding to our council that said, you know what, pastor? We need more teaching on giving. The council asked me to talk about tithing and about giving because we need to be good stewards. And so this is about discipleship. This is about growing in our, an important area of our lives that's often neglected. <clears throat> I get weary, forgive me, of the preachers that are pressing so hard in their appeal for finances. It's almost like they go from crisis to crisis. How many of you have seen that in ministry? It's like crisis to crisis. And I realize that's really not the way God wants us to deal with this whole issue of finances. He wants us to be faithful disciples and be obedient to Him as a lifestyle. And those of us that have the responsibility of ministry leadership need to be good stewards of what God brings into the storehouse and see that we not get into a crisis. Oh, there are times when there are overwhelming needs, no doubt. But the problem is if you start saying crisis after crisis, you have to have a greater crisis to get the same response. You know what I'm talking about? It's not about crisis, responding to crisis. It's about obedience to be faithful to God, each one of us, in the way that God enables us. Well, I want us to look at some examples from Scripture. We want to make sure we have enough time for communion this morning, so I don't want to rush this. But um, as we began last week to look at this Scripture, we saw that it was about a threefold purpose in our giving. First, this is about returning to the Lord as, as Malachi was speaking to God's people about their spiritual need to be closer to God as they had been drifting and been disobedient and rebellious and negle neglecting God in their worship and neglecting God in their tithes and their offerings. He's saying, God wants you to return unto me. How many of you noticed that if we begin to stray from the Lord, it's easier for us to stop giving? It's easier, easy for us to lose our sensitivity to God's leading regarding responding uh, to needs. It's easier for us to somehow postpone or put off and even forget about that which He has asked us to give. And so Malachi is saying, you have been disobedient in this area. Obey the Lord in this area and let that begin the renewal of your faith in your relationship with God. The second purpose we see is to provide for the storehouse, the spiritual storehouse, the place where we come for spiritual nourishment and for blessing. They said the storehouse 
has become empty because you have neglected bringing the gifts that God has requested. And so if we want the church to be full of spiritual nourishment, if we want it to be a place where we can be encouraged and blessed, and we know that the kingdom of God is moving forward, we need to realize that our participation in giving is about keeping the storehouse full and ready to be a blessing to many. And then the third reason, the third purpose, is the blessing that He has promised for those who give. And there are some Christians that uh, overemphasize this and underemphasize this. Have you heard about the, 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 uh, the, the teaching of the, the tenfold blessing? You know, if you give God a certain amount, He's going to give you ten times that amount back, or a hundred times amount back, and there we go. In fact, it gets so bad. I remember there was a church in uh, Tulsa that was pushing for members, pushing for attendance, and they had a sign out front that said, <clears throat> twice the blessing for half the tithe. <laughs> That's pretty ridiculous, isn't it? Because we're not giving for the primary purpose of the blessing. We're giving because He's worthy. We're giving because we want His storehouse to be full. There's another church quite well known across the country that promises if you come to our church and give faithfully for a full year and God doesn't prosper you, we will give you your tithe back. Refund at the end of a year. And I thought, now that's interesting. If we give our tithes to God, only God can give it back. The church can't give us back what has been given to God. Sorry, but that's messed up. That's wrong. It's not about giving so that we might get. It's giving so we can worship God with our substance in such a way that brings blessing throughout His kingdom. But the Scripture says, if you will give, I will pour out a blessing upon you that you cannot contain. really says that. And so, should we expect God's blessing when we're faithful in our giving? Absolutely. We should be encouraged. We should be ready to give and increase our giving knowing God's promise. So, the purpose to restore our relationship with Him, to provide for the storehouse, and also to receive His blessing. That's a pretty good reason to give our tithe and offering. Don't you agree? There are some interesting examples of tithing in the Bible. I'd encourage you to do your study and come to your own conclusions about this because, you know what, there's a lot of funny teaching out there in the church today about tithes, about giving, and we need to know. If you look back in Genesis, do you remember the story of Cain and Abel? and how they brought their sacrifice to the Lord, and how Cain's offering was not acceptable to God. I've meditated about, on that through the years, and I've thought about, now why was it that here both brothers brought their gift to the Lord, but one was not acceptable? It's significant that in that chapter, God is really revealing Cain's nature and what was in his heart 
as he was about to murder his brother. And do you suppose that Cain's offering to God in part was not acceptable because though he was going through the act of giving, his heart was not right. There was hatred. There was rebellion. There was animosity that God was dealing with. And so we realize that there's something in this story that should teach us the lesson that God cares about the motive of our heart in our giving. What's the best motive for giving? Loving God. We give to God because we love Him. And what's His greatest commandment? To love Him and to love others. If we give out of selfishness, if we give out of a desire to manipulate, if we give out of any reason but love of God, we're giving incorrectly. Second example I want you to note is in Genesis, the 14th chapter, where Abraham, who has just won a battle, runs into the, the, the high priest, Melchizedek. And as he encounters him, he realizes that he is sent from God. Melchizedek is a man of God. And he presents him with a tenth of all that he has as an act of worship. And here we realize that Abraham saw that there was something sacred about the opportunity to give that he wanted to follow through on. How many of you know that your gift is sacred when you consecrate it unto the Lord? When you give it to Him? And you need to give it in such a way that it's about God's holiness. It's about that high act of worship that only we can only come to in sincerity and so what an example of how our offering should be sacred and the tithe is mentioned as what abraham prepared he gave a tenth of everything that he had the third example is in genesis chapter 28 verse 22 do you remember when uh, jacob is out in the wilderness and he makes himself a bed there with a stone for a pillow. And he dreams this dream of the angels coming up and down from heaven. And God speaks to him about his blessing on Jacob's life. And Jacob makes this commitment. If you will bless me and take care of me and provide for me, I will give you a tenth of all that I have. And we know that uh, Jacob had quite uh, a life ahead of him. He was quite ambitious. He was quite interested in his own success. And as he honored the Lord in making this promise and this commitment, there's an important lesson here about how we deal with life's successes. How many of you know that uh, <clears throat> the more successful we are in this world, the easier it is to forget about God? to forget about our priorities. And so Jacob made a very important commitment. He said, Lord, I'm going to put you first. He was expecting to be successful. He didn't have much at the time, but he had this desire in his heart to be successful. And as his life continued and God blessed him, and as he gave a tenth to the Lord, 
It was something that kept his success in check and balance. How many of you know that human ambition can be something that can take us away from God? Lead us into confusion. Lead us into darkness. But to honor the Lord. I mentioned last week about R.G. Letourneau and how when he was a young man, became a great industrialist, he said, I can't just give God one-tenth of my income. I'm going to give God nine-tenths and just keep one-tenth for myself. And Laterno College in Longview, Texas, which uh, uh, was uh, established and named after him, has a, if you ever get a chance to go there, there's the whole story of R.G. Laterno and how this was the principle of his life that guided him through business and how eventually he supported hundreds of missionaries and ministries during his lifetime and how productive he was for the kingdom because he got this right. He put God first. He went beyond the tithe. And so we learn, just as with Jacob, as Jacob put God first before his success, we also need to do this. And then the fourth example is in the book of 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter, where we see the life of the church and the Apostle Paul is calling them to gather an offering as they come together. He says, according to your income, bring this offering together and uh, we'll take it to Jerusalem for supporting the work that God is doing. And we realize that tithing and giving was part of the life of the early church. And it has been since the first century a part of the life of the church. And so it goes from generation to generation as God's people are faithful in giving, the church has resources to advance the kingdom of God. <clears throat> wow. What an encouragement it is to know that God has a plan in all of this. And as we invest in His kingdom, and as that continues to grow, God enables us more and more to be a blessing for others. I'll never forget in the early years, the early lean years of Hope Christian School. And many of you know this story because Hope Christian School really came out of this church. Uh, Wayne Ehlert, who was a, a, a high school teacher and youth leader, he stood up in front of this congregation on a Wednesday night and asked for prayer. And uh, that night, God confirmed that he should quit his job and go and start this school. But there was some real leanness during those first few years. Teachers didn't get paid. <clears throat> there was no money for bills. It was a big struggle. And I'll never forget a prayer meeting that we had. And we were praying about the finances of the school. And uh, <clears throat> there was a word really came from the Lord, which said, that when we needed dollars, He would give us dollars. When we needed thousands, He would give us thousands. When, he, when we needed millions, He would give us millions. And we look at the history of Hope School. And uh, I'll never forget when I was at a board meeting where the budget had just passed a million dollars. And I said, wait a minute, we've got to stop and pray. This was like 20 years after the school started. Look at the history here. God gave dollars. God gave hundreds. God's given thousands and now millions. And why? 
in order for the vision to be fulfilled. How many of you believe that God, what God ordains, He supports. What God calls us to do, He provides the resources that are necessary. And so it is in God's plan as we are good stewards of the resources that He provides. Well, let me get to the conclusion here. And I just want to end with seven reasons why we need to be faithful to God in our tithes and offerings. Seven reasons. And these are, these are reasons that I have come to personally, that I believe, you know, that this is really, this is a biblical position. This is, this is a good place if we have this understanding. <clears throat> Here they are, seven reasons. And I'll go through them quickly. Number one, we need to tithe to acknowledge God as our source. Isn't that true? Acknowledge Him. Yes, God, You are the source of our blessing. Number two, we need to tithe to demonstrate His priority in our lives. We say, God, You are our priority. Everything that we receive, we want to honor You with a proportion of that. So before we start spending money on ourselves and things that we would like, Lord, we want to make sure that You are a priority. Number three, we need to tithe to worship God through our substance. There's something here important in Scripture which has to do with this material world and our stewardship in this world where we take of our substance and give to God out of our substance. It's not just about our spiritual devotion, but about our material devotion as we realize this responsibility. Number four, we need to tithe to participate in the advancement of His kingdom. This is really about, really about the Great Commission, about the kingdom of God and advancing His kingdom in a very practical way. How many of you know that it does cost money to do the work of evangelism and missions? And wherever God's kingdom is advancing, there needs to be the resources to support that. And so we participate in that. Number five, we need to give to the Lord if for no other reason to, to obey the instruction in Scripture. Well, you may have an opinion about whether or not you should give. Well, God has given specific instruction that we need to give. And so just out of a spirit of obedience, if we don't understand, we still need to obey. Number six, we need to give to the Lord because we have the opportunity to enjoy His blessing. And specifically, as we read in Malachi 3, of provision and protection. God has promised to provide and to protect in direct response to the giving that we offer Him. And so this is pleasing and we know His blessing. And number seven, we need to give, just as it says, that so that His storehouse may be full to support the ministry of our church. God wants us to be responsible 
And here we see that as we are giving and the kingdom and worldwide missions, we've got this opportunity and this responsibility right here. We were talking uh, recently at the council meeting about our bus ministry and how we were given a bus to reach kids that didn't have a way to go to church. And uh, how many of you know that uh, bus ministry is not free? There are responsibilities associated with the, the care of that bus and making sure that it has a good driver and that it has fuel and service and insurance, all those things. And you know what we're doing as a church? We're sacrificing to keep that bus ministry. It's not producing any money, have you noticed? And so what are we doing? We're giving, we're sacrificing, we're investing for the kingdom. And let me tell you, every Sunday morning when I see this little line of children coming in that wouldn't be in church without that bus trip, I am so grateful. I'm grateful for you and your willingness to support that bus ministry because it can't continue without that. And by the way, if you want to designate a gift just for the bus ministry, put that on your check. This is a gift for the bus ministry, and it'll go to that place. We're very careful to, to make sure that when donations are designated, they go to where they're promised. And so please continue to help this bus ministry. Well, <clears throat> there's much more I could say. Let me just summarize by saying, as I said last week, uh, tithing isn't about what we have to give to the Lord. It's about what we get to give to the Lord. It's about the privilege in this New Testament covenant where we have received all of the riches of heaven in Jesus Christ. It seems like such a small thing to give a tenth to Him. Bill Heibel said, the, the tithe is a good place to start, but a terrible place to stop. Don't stop with the tithe. Just let that be the beginning, the first benchmark, and then give more and more and more, and God will bless you. Lord, thank you for the way you have blessed us in so many ways, O oh God. And Lord, help us to be faithful individually, as families, as a church, with this kingdom principle. In Jesus' name, amen. I want our ushers to come forward. We're going to prepare our hearts for communion. We're going to uh, take a moment to look to God and ask Him to examine our hearts, to prepare us to do what He asked us to do in remembrance of Him. The Scripture, which is so important as we take communion, the Scripture which has really been read uh, throughout the generations of the church, these words which explain how we're to respond. The Apostle Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night He was betrayed, took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, He took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat the bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes.
Lord, help us this morning to remember you. Help us to respond. Lord, we ask you to search our hearts. If there is unconfessed sin, help us, O God, to agree with you about our sin. Help help us to confess it, knowing that you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Help us, Lord, as we take this bread to remember how you suffered for us. Help us, O God, as we take this cup to remember that your blood was sufficient to remove the stain of sin in our lives and the sins of the whole world that accepts you, O God. Help us, O God. Lord, this is a very special personal time for each of us as we respond to your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. They're going to bring, the ushers are going to bring the cup and the bread and just partake when you're spiritually ready. The worship team is going to lead us in a song and we'll have a a closing prayer a little bit later.
Please stand together as we have uh, remembered him, as we have remembered his uh, sacrifice, and as we have recommitted our lives to him. Can I ask you this basic question? How many Christians are here this morning? Are we Christians? Christians? That means what? That we live for him. We follow him. We've made a choice not to be his disciples. And so as we renew our commitment to him as his disciples, realize this, we're leaving this place today empowered to be his witnesses and his servants in this world. What a wonderful privilege it is. You know, what is this is what the, the victorious Christian life is all about. I'm in Christ the victory is won. I go forward by His grace. Lord, as we're dismissed this morning, O oh God, we ask Your blessing, O oh God. Even as we realize our identity as Christians, even as we renew our covenant with You, O oh God, help us, O oh God, to go boldly into the world as witnesses, as servants, O oh God, as disciples, living in such a way that we bring glory to you, O oh God. Help us. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of living for you and serving you. And Lord, as this covenant we have with you, which is based on your blood and your suffering, O oh God, we are forgiven, we are whole, we are renewed. Lord, we are overwhelmed with gratitude. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we're dismissed this morning, if there are needs of the body, if you want to come up for prayer, especially if, if you're not sure about your relationship with God, we'd love to pray with you so that you can be sure. And whatever the need is, don't hesitate to stay. The altar is open if you'd just like to come and pray for a while.